0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Talking about it. I mean, very approachable. I mean, I, I really enjoy talking to him. And, of course, many generations of McNair's. I dealt with his brother, the late Steve McNair. He arrived in 1991, so did I. And I've got many a uh, uh, Steve McNair story. Of course, he's, he's, uh, he's, his jersey is going to be retired by the Tennessee Titans coming up in September. Uh, I talked with Coach McNair about that. He won't be able to make that event, but his his mother will be there representing but, uh, you know, just many generations of, of McNair's. Tim McNair was there when Steve was there. Of course, Fred, he's got a couple other McNair's there. So, you know, the McNair family at Corn State University are like hand in glove. And it's just a pleasure being able to talk with him every day, every week, on and off season. It's just he's just a pleasure to be around. And he, just, he likes to have a lot of fun. But it's, it's time to hunker down right now with two days before kickoff. You
2: know, it's interesting you bring up Steve McNair. I uh, I retired not too long ago, Charles, as a director of public relations at Pearl River Community College, and Steve's son played football for us uh, at Pearl River Community College.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, to see. I mean, it's unfortunate what happened, but still, people talk about the 91 through 94 era. It was, for me, I mean, I just started in 91, and I wasn't I really didn't know how big college football was in Mississippi. I graduated from a SWAC school, so I knew about how football was in a SWAC because I graduated from a SWAC school, but SWAC football at Alcorn, I didn't realize how big it was until I got there. And then you walk into a situation in which Steve McNair, in the first game of his freshman year, comes in against Grambling, a team that, I mean, they have a series lead on us big time. But to see Steve go up against the late Eddie Robinson, one of the great college football coaches of all time, we used to play him in Shreveport every year to start the season, uh, the Red River Classic, and for Steve to come off the bench and do what he did, the rest was history from 91 to 94, two SWAC championships in the race for the Heisman. At that time, two 1-AA playoff appearances. I mean, you had – and during that time in which his name came up for the Heisman, you had – Every major publication in the state of Mississippi, you had Sports Illustrated, you had the New York Times, Washington Post. You didn't know who was coming on campus on any given day when Steve was at his peak. It was CBS one day, it was ESPN the next. Um, I mean, it was TV stations from all over the country just trying to see who in the heck is Steve McNair. And I guarantee you people knew who Steve McNair was when it was all said and done. What
0: an exciting time that had to have been. Let's bring it back to the game here real quick, uh, uh, Charles. We've talked a lot about the offensive side of the ball, but I'm looking here. You've got a couple of preseason HBCU All-Americans on defense. Tell our listeners who they need to be looking out for on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Well, you have one guy, Solomon Muhammad, who's going to be who's start at middle linebacker. Um, and he's a guy that, if you talk to our coaches, he's NFL ready. It's just a matter of him being and having the confidence that he is NFL ready and just playing it out and just playing like he belongs. I um, mean, Solomon had a solid season last year. Um, so, if there was, you know, Solomon's going to be a guy, number 49, that we'll be dealing with. And another guy that's uh, getting looked at, Shaven Morrison, number 45, who plays on the corner, a uh, kid who's getting a lot of NCAA accolades and stuff that he's done off the field as well. Um, very quick, very speedy, and uh, he's going to, you know, cause some havoc on the edge there. So, we got a couple of kids. That that really on the defensive side of the ball that's going to cause a lot of havoc this season, and uh, you know when you start off with USM playing up and against a, an offense that's ranked and that was ranked in the top twenty-five last year in a senior quarterback, so we're you know we're going to see our defense is definitely going to be tested come Saturday.
0: Charles, there's something I, I was reading about you that a lot of our listeners probably aren't aware of. You go by the name of Tall Man Radio. Is it true that you're a seven-footer?
1: I am. I am seven feet tall, um, and it's just been. You but know, you
0: didn't play sports.
1: I did not, um, and you know it's one of those things that uh, to, be, to be honest, I never was really interested in in the whole basketball thing. Of course, being tall like I am, the assumption is that you know you should be playing basketball. I was six eight in high school, and uh, my father was a principal, and I. I I think he really wanted me to play because the school that he was principal, uh, the school where he was a principal, I attended that school, and we had a very good basketball team. But it was just something that me personally, I just never was really interested in. Some people say it was a waste. I don't think so because it's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do other things. You know, I enjoy playing racquetball, Um, I enjoy bowling, and I enjoy broadcasting. I mean, even though I didn't play sports, I love listening to sports. I'm from St. Louis, and, of course, I love my Cardinals and my football Cardinals at the time. So I was really in awe of sports broadcasters, especially on radio, and that's kind of how I took my interest in this, uh, doing PA for my high school. And um, and even in college, I was doing some games at my alma mater, Grambling, and it just kind of took off from there. So even though I didn't play, I'm very close to sports. So I do football, basketball, baseball, softball, and all corners. So I'm around sports all year long. So, even though I might not have picked up a ball and been in, in, into that aspect of it, I'm still very much involved with sports. So, I mean, I, I I love it, I enjoy it, and I hope to continue to do it for a while.
2: Well, heck, Charles, they could have just put you out there on extra points and field goals and you could <laughs> just stood behind the line of
1: scrimmage. Well, I'm just wondering if he has any eligibility left. <laughs> well, I could share a football story with you. Um, you know, football was something that you know, I had uh, head surgery when I was a kid, so... Uh the doctor said nothing involving a helmet, like riding a motorcycle and playing football. But uh the first time I met Eddie Robinson, the late Eddie Robinson, he looked at me and he said, Son, you make a heck of a tight end. <laughs> yeah, that I mean I mean he didn't know who I was from, from Joe Lunchmeat, but he, he looked <laughs> looked at me up and down and said, Son, you make a heck of a tight end and uh I found that to be very interesting, very comforting, and uh, very flattering to be honest. But football was football was never in the cards for me.
2: Well, Charles, back back to the game. You know, you're talking about the crowd you're bringing. I'm assuming the Alcorn Band will be with us.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The sounds of dynamite will be there in full force, and uh, they've been in band camp since the first part of August, so they'll be ready to go. I mean, it's, it's just going to be a great atmosphere. I think. You know, I heard somebody call the game the Hobson game because Jay Hobson was at Alcorn, of course, at USM. Um, I mean, I think you just look at all the intangibles for this game. I mean, if the Braves' defense can get off the field and if their offense can, can do some things, I do think that it could be a much better game. But I, my I'm my biggest concern is the Braves offense against USM's defense, which was ranked third nationally, they're called the Nasty Bunch, as you know. And from what I've seen and from what I've read, they're, they're pretty nasty. And we're going to have to be able to, to move the football and slow the game down a little bit and slow down the aggression of that defense.
0: Charles, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Eagle Hour for all of our listeners around the state, live streaming around the world. we really look forward to Saturday and welcoming our friends from Alcorn State, the Braves, coming in here to the Rock. Really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming on the show and the great conversation. No problem, anytime. All right, guys, that's it for the second segment. We'll be right back here at the First Bank Studios in downtown Hattiesburg. Not downtown Hattiesburg. (laughs) Always. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back, everybody, to the third segment of the Eagle Hour. Third segment is sponsored every day by 4th Street Bar & Grill. Great plate lunches, $8.95. That includes a drink weekdays, the Best Pub Boys in Hattiesburg pool, cold beer, an awesome collection of Southern Miss memorabilia. So get by and see our friends at 4th Street. We'll actually be there live tomorrow. We'll have Kelly and Luke back on the uh, back on the air, live remote from Four Street. So please come by and see us. We're going to be doing that every Friday before uh, home games of Southern Miss football, live at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Thank you for their support. Right now, we have the professor, Mr. Patrick McGee. Good afternoon, Patrick.
3: Hey guys, how are y'all
0: doing? Well, it's uh, it's here, isn't it? It's football season.
3: Yeah, it's uh, kind of ready to get this thing rolling. It's, you know, a lot of speculation, a lot of uh, trying to understand how good this Southern Miss team can be. But the only, the only way you know is whenever they kind of line it up on, uh, line up in the season opener. Of course, Southern Miss is hoping this. This is one they don't have to sweat it out, and you know, they can kind of worry about themselves and cleaning up some things for that Mississippi State game. But yeah, it's i uh, uh, I'm looking for a good crowd Saturday night.
0: I think so too. I think all corner being a good crowd. We just spoke with Charles Edmond, their play-by-play guy. He's expecting the same thing. It's something we asked him. I'll ask you too. Any chance that we're looking ahead to the game in Starkville?
3: Well, I, I don't think that's not really the idea I've got. You know, especially considering the Southern staff is very familiar with that Alcorn State program. Jay Hobson, Derek Nicholson, uh, Ryan Stancheck are all guys that have been at Alcorn, and they understand that uh, this is not going to be a walk in the park. I mean, Alcorn State's been a really good SWAC program. Uh, it's true that SWAC programs have had a hard time uh, competing up whenever they've played uh, FBS programs in recent years. But you look at what Alcorn State has done recent seasons. Uh, even all the way back to whenever Alcorn came to Southern Miss, I think it was Todd Munkin's second season, they really pushed Southern Miss down to the last uh, minute. And last year, Alcorn State almost beat New Mexico State. So uh, Alcorn State is a good program, and I, I think the Southern Miss squad will have have a fair amount of respect for them coming into Hattiesburg.
2: Patrick, how are you, one scribe to another? How you doing?
3: <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I'm <laughs> I'm holding in there. How you doing?
2: Well, I know a lot of things have changed in our business when it comes to yeah. print but uh uh patrick this is a pretty rough first month for southern mm-hmm. miss don't you think
3: yeah i mean it's uh uh you, they don't really i mean they're going to be on the road a whole lot here to start the season going to Troy, going to state going to alabama i mean it just it's going to you know this they better enjoy this game at home on saturday night cuz it's going to be a little while before they uh, get back to town for that utep game in september so uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough challenge. It really is. Uh, you you know you want to put a, a scare in the state, or possibly pull some kind of upset at upset at state, and and get through Troy and Alabama. But then today, the you want to be healthy for when conference play starts, because uh, that's really when the games count, and it will determine how how far this Southern Miss team can go in terms of competing for a conference championship. But uh, this is really just about a brutal a stretch as you can remember, especially considering a, a Troy football team has got a lot of starters back uh, from a really good team. Uh, so yeah, this is this is as challenging a run for Southerners football as I've seen since I've been covering them.
2: Seemed like the only person that enjoying that would be the bookkeeper, huh?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it all adds up. I mean, you're getting one million plus for those uh, Alabama and, and State games, and that just really kind of uh, you know, Southern Miss needs every little bit of help he can get in terms of uh, meeting the bottom line, and and these games are going to help out. And uh, it's it's and for, you know for Southern Miss, you know, you hate to have seven road games, but whenever you look at the uh, the financial benefits of going to a state and going to an Alabama, it, it really makes sense at the end of the day.
0: Professor, I've heard Kelly say a few times on the show that he really thinks the Troy game is a linchpin game for the fan base where if we are competitive but lose to Mississippi State, understandable. Everybody understands Alabama. Yeah. But if we come back 1-3 and, and having lost at Troy, that could be deflected. So he really thinks coming back 2-2 two and two at worst is super, super important. Do you agree?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think 2-2 two and two would be considered a success. I mean, you've got to go to Troy. A good football team, they are changing their head coach. Chip Lindsay replaces Neil Brown. So uh, there may be just a little bit of uncertainty for Troy going into the season. There's always uh, that potential for kind of a lull. I think we saw that a little bit in Jay Hobson's first season whenever he took over a talented football team that uh, beat a Kentucky. But you know, injuries kind of piled up, and that team didn't really meet its full potential. So uh, it's always a little bit of uncertainty surrounding a head coach's first season. That's what you got at Troy with Chip Lindsey. Uh, so, yeah, going out there, I would think Troy's going to be a slight favorite on its own field. Uh, it's nothing can be assumed at all for Southern Miss going to that game, but that's a game that you can win if you show up and play well, and, and if you can come out two and two after those first four games, I think it would be a success for Southern Miss. A three and one would be just over the moon. You know, yeah. that would be that would be a massive uh, uh, a foot forward for Southern Miss football.
2: I'm not sure I'd want to go into Alabama three and one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but uh right. but Patrick, you know, we we talked a little bit about. Jack and the quarterback and what have what have you? Why don't we talk a little bit about who, who are some of the defensive players for the Golden Eagles that fans really need to be watching for?
3: Well, I, I think uh, um, you're looking at probably in the in the secondary we have a Kyle Hemby who's you know had five interceptions a, a year ago and, and and really was kind of in you know in and out you know wasn't really a full time guy. Uh, but we'll see him on the field you know, pretty much every snap, I think, from here on out. He had such a good season last year, really close strong. He's, he's a guy that maybe even has potential to be kind of an all-conference uh, type guy. He, he's not getting any preseason honors, but I think he's that that kind of a player. And then Sancho Latham, I think, is a really key player for Southern Miss football this season. Uh, they have our team booth now kind of lined up at the middle linebacker spot. I think he was strong side last year. And then Latham's worked into the strong side spot. And uh, he's, he's got great size for, for that position, and uh, he's a good athlete, and he really plays with a chip on his shoulder. I, it seems like every practice I've been to uh, since the spring, Lath- Latham's gotten into a, a little bit of a fight with somebody, so he's got a little bit of nasty to him. Uh, so Latham is somebody I'm really interested to see if he steps in as a starter and, and really kind of, if, if anything, can maybe kind of take the Eagles up another notch at linebacker. He's that kind of a... Athlete, he's you know like six two two twenty five, uh, really looks the part. And Southern Miss has had some kind of undersized guys at linebacker in recent years, so I think Latham is somebody that folks can get ex- excited about. And of course, Torrance Brown, the Missis- the Penn State transfer, uh, he's had a really good fall camp. Uh, he's slotted in there to start at that kind of defensive end linebacker hybrid spot. And he's if he shows up and has a really big year. Uh, that's what really could make this Southern Miss defense special because I think they're going to be very good this year. But if you have a Hemby, a Brown, and a a Latham really kind of step their game up this season, uh, that's what what, what could really make Southern Miss dangerous this year on defense.
0: The defense is going to be the strong side of the ball for USM. I think we all can expect that. And it's unfortunate we're not going to have Quez Watkins for the first two games. He'll be back for the Troy game. Who's going to step up in his place?
3: Well, I, I think they have several guys that can really step it's I mean, a the obviously. Good position
0: group, if you do to lose somebody, it would be the wide receivers, correct?
3: Right, yeah. I mean, the receiver spot is a place. If you're going to lose a key player on offense, it would be a, a receiver just because they have so many options there uh, with uh, Trevor Terry, Neil McLaurin. Uh, I think Jordan Mitchell's do another nice season. I think he can kind of even upgrade what he did a year ago. And I think Tim Jones has that potential to be the go to guy. Uh he he could be that you know, become more of that number one option in the passing game this season. I'd expect like expected Quez Watkins to play a little bit less prominent role this year, just as other guys kinda step up their game and become targets for Jack. And I think hope you know, for you know, Jack's gotta hope he has more time to throw the ball this season. So maybe he'll have a better chance of uh spreading the ball around rather than just kinda looking at Quez as your number one option there. So I, I think there's a receiving core uh, as far as other guys that can maybe step up and get more playing time, I think it would obviously uh, be Trevor Terry and Neil McLaurin. Both those guys play on the outside where Quiz plays. So I think we'll see more snaps out of those guys early in the season.
2: We also got some new new faces on the kicking game, right?
3: Yeah, it's Andrew Stein, the uh, freshman, appears to be stepping in at, at the place kicker uh, spot. Uh, Briggs Bourgeois was injured in the spring. He was kind of on track to be the starter this year at kicker. Uh, but, it, you know, I asked Jay if he was out for the season on Monday, but Jay doesn't <laughs> Jay doesn't want to talk about injuries at all anymore, apparently, <laughs> if you want to even acknowledge his kicker's out for the season.
0: It's the Bill uh, Belichick approach there, huh? Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan Shemtob, a junior college transfer, uh, he was kind of the other guy, and that makes to be the starter. But uh, Stein, I think, has been the more consistent kicker. He's not a guy that's probably going to hit you a 50-yarder, but he's pretty good from, say, 42 in. Uh, Zach Everett's probably going to be your punter. Uh, they have an Australian, uh, first name Matt, his, his last name kind of escapes me at the moment, but uh, he came in, he's an Australian, a little older guy. You know, we've seen it kind of happen across the country. Where people are uh, signing uh, guys from Australia or New Zealand or even over in, like, Scotland that, to come in and try to punt just because they're experienced in rugby or Australian rules football. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would expect Zach Everett, Zach Everett, who did pretty well last year before he was hurt late in the season.
0: Patrick, well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Eagle Hour today. And hopefully we'll have a fun Saturday at the Rock. I know it's going to be a good crowd, like you said, lots of good tailgating. And uh, see you there. And let's go for the Southern Miss for open season with a win. All
3: right, guys. Y'all have a good
0: one. Hey, Thanks a lot. Well, Chuck, we're, we're coming down to it. We've got one more segment here to go. And every and every minute we go by is one minute closer to kickoff this Saturday at 6 o'clock.
2: You realize we've done such a great job here, Todd, that they – may, they may they just make up. this permanent <laughs> yeah
0: tell Kelly and uh, and Luke just to keep on driving huh <laughs> well I think Bob's probably listening uh, on the live stream which you can do with Supertalk talk or supertalk Laurel.com, anywhere around the world so hello to all of our friends who may be listening and we'll be right back here guys with the fourth and final segment. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Thanks so much for staying tuned with us through the break. I want to thank a big thank you to Charles Edmond, the play-by-play announcer of the Alcorn State Braves. And, of course, every Thursday, the professor, Patrick McGee, for coming on and giving us some more insight into the opening weekend of college football for for us here at Southern Miss. It's 6 o'clock kickoff, and we're going to have a big tailgate. We're going to talk here in a little bit about some new tailgate options they have at Southern Mississippi Spirit Park, but feel free, please. We're going to have a tailgate in conjunction with Papa John's, Hooters, Keithco Superstores, and ourselves here at Super We'll we'll all be there having goodies and giveaways and food and beverages, uh, Coke, water, things like that, for our veterans, active members or veterans and their families. Please come by. It's going to be right behind Southern Hall, the first tailgate on the right past Southern Hall. Please come out if you're a veteran and come see us, and we thank you, as always, for your efforts. Well, what else do we have going on? The fourth segment is brought to you every day by Gulfport Home Center. Gulfport Home Center has a great selection of pre-owned and new homes, homes to fit every family budget and every family need. So whether you're looking for a family home, weekend home, or a hunting camp, go by and visit our friends at Gulfport Home Center. Chuck, like we were saying, it's here, and we can get out and uh, get on campus noon, 2 o'clock, get before the Eagle Walk gets out there, set up your tailgates and that's as much fun as as the game for a lot of people.
2: Well, it is, and, and you know the weather's supposed to be excellent.
0: Not six, really, not too too hot.
2: No, six o'clock, not too humid, and uh, you know as you say there'll be a fireworks show at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully the Golden Eagles will be celebrating fireworks show. But you're right, this is the first big week, first big week of college football. I mean, think about that, Todd. You got. All the junior college games tonight, the Saints playing their final preseason game. And then tomorrow night, you got Oak Grove, I know, opens the season. For most high schools, it'll it be their second yeah. second game. But I know Oak Grove will be kicking off their season tomorrow night. And
0: you can hear that game right here on uh, WFMM.
2: Right, right. And then Saturday is uh, the big college football day. Our Mississippi State plays –
3: the Cajuns, yeah, correct uh,
2: in, in in New Orleans, in New Orleans, and and Ole Miss. Surprisingly, in some ways, they're an underdog going to Memphis. That's
0: a significant underdog, five and a half points is the last I saw.
2: So you know, and and, and that's an a, that's an afternoon kickoff, so it's going to be warm, uh, in that game. And, Of course, you know, all of us will be watching the weather forecast over the Labor Day weekend. We certainly hope uh, hope for hope no. Nothing bad happens there. I
0: believe I saw where the Florida State-Boise State game was going to be in Jacksonville. That's sort of a neutral site, but of course that's not really neutral. But they're going to go ahead and move it back to campus at Florida State to get out of the danger zone.
2: So also, uh, sticking with Southern Miss, I, I know also, oh, while, while we're playing football here, the women's volleyball team is going to be participating in the Denver Invitational.
0: A little bit cooler there, I'm sure. <laughs> a little bit <laughs> a little less yes. humid. Go,
2: go from hum- humidity here to possibly snow. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it, it's really a great experience, I think, for a lot of these college a- uh, athletes. You know, the basketball team's going to the Bahamas. You're talking about the volleyball team going to Denver. You wouldn't be able to do that if you weren't a student athlete.
2: So a lot of good things happening Saturday. We've got the expanded
0: expanded tailgate well i say expanded tailgate at spirit park they're 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 trying to expand the fan experience to make it a better game day experience before the game during the game and after the game and that's a wonderful idea you've got to try something and they're going to have more things for the kids to get the kids out because the you know, kids might not care about the football game but they love the face painting and bouncy houses and they're going to have a lot of new food vendors there there's going to be a, a free live concert Um, in Spirit Park. They're going to close it all down 30 minutes before the game so you can get into the game. But for several hours before the game, Spirit Park, if you don't really have your own personal tailgate set up with friends, especially if you have a family, that seems to be the place to go.
2: And I saw where even the Eagle Walk is being expanded a little bit, I think, or maybe they're making it a little longer now. I think you'll come under the stadium, and used to it would turn in, the players would Mm -hmm. turn in there and go to the locker room. But I think you're going to kind of – make that turn there by the practice field uh, before they'll disband there. So opportunity for more fans to be a part uh, of that celebration.
0: That's true. And the Eagle Walk will always get you fired up. It does me anyway, a good marching band. And, and think about the band, too. This is their first coming out of the season as well, not just the players. You mentioned that with Alcorn. Um, it's going to be a, a halftime show that when uh, Alcorn State, Jackson State, comes into town, a lot of folks don't get up during halftime.
2: What is what? What did he call the band? The, the
0: dynamite. The sounds of the dynamite. Sounds,
2: the sounds of dino dynamite. Well, Todd, I've really enjoyed this, and 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 uh, Bob and Kelly and and Luke and you know all the veterans that have done this. We appreciate. I appreciate them asking me to come on and do this, and and uh, certainly looking forward to the college football season.
0: Me too. And thank you, Trevor, for coming in. Thank you, Brandon, for being our producer. Uh, Esquire is at class today, I believe, so you're filling in for him. We really appreciate that. Hey, come out and join us tomorrow. 4th Street Bar and Grill in the Shadow of the Rock, right on 4th Street. We'll be there live from 1 to 2. And until then, Southern Miss
2: to the top. top. On slipping, slipping, slipping into the future And time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the